Pack show today. The affidavit is out. And does it show some clues that point to the Russiagate documents? I'm going to break this down. But first, I want to remind everyone that the Great Reset Conference from Turning Point USA has been announced. September 16th, 17th, 2022, Phoenix, Arizona. Go to tpusa.com slash reset to find your information. Charlie Kirk, Steve Bannon, Jack Posobiec, Drew Hernandez, Dr. James Lindsay. You do not want to miss this incredible event. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is August 26, 2022, Anno Domini. It's a working day, so no jacket. Tonight's top headlines. The affidavit is out, and we believe they were after the Russiagate docs. I'll lay out my theory of the case next. The Newsweek piece that just came out attacking Kyle Rittenhouse for two-year anniversary and Turning Point USA. Third, Lois Learner's accomplice has been selected to run the new IRS centralized office for the 87,000 agents. And finally, Moderna suing Pfizer and BioNTech for patent infringement over mRNA injections. All this in Morehead Human Events Daily. I did nothing wrong. And it's the exact same thing here. We were essentially attacked. We were broken into. They opened up safes. They brought safe crackers in. They brought many, many FBI agents in, all right before the midterms. And all when I have the best poll numbers I've ever had. This is a political attack on our country, and it's a disgrace. And the people understand it. The people understand it. And they could have come in, and they could have talked to us, and they could have taken whatever they needed. But instead, they raided it. They took my passports. They they took things that they should have never taken with uh, that are privileged. And it's a disgrace to our country. It really is. It's just and it just never ends. It's the same people, the same leaks, the same. Uh, they leak to the same places, the same people doing the leaking. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Our country's a wreck. He's exactly right there. What we saw in this affidavit is nothing. It's a record dispute. It's something that could have been dealt with with the lawyers. It's something that could have been dealt with behind closed doors. Probably something, by the way, that could have been dealt with with a phone call. But they didn't want to do that. No. They wanted this raid. And they wanted it for a very specific reason. Because this is all about setting the stage for 2024. We are in a preemptive coup of 2024. It is underway. We are now in the midst of it. Now, we don't know, by the way, and we're going to check, were there moles at Mar-a-Lago? Were they down there feeding this information to the FBI, to the DOJ, to this Granger? We're going to find that out. Because mark my words, I'm going to get an unredacted version of this. I promise you. I promise you, Merrick Garland. I'm going to to get every single word of this. And I'm going to get it a lot faster than you think I will. That's number one. Number two, when you look at this, you need to understand that our theory of the case from the beginning, from weeks ago, Human Events Daily was telling you the Spygate documents, the Russiagate documents. That's what this is all about. That's what we've been saying all along. Well, I interviewed Devin Nunes this morning. I interviewed Solomon interviewed Mike Davis, guest hosting for Charlie Kirk. And what did they say? They said that unequivocally, 
specifically Nunez was very, very clear on this, that it is the Russiagate documents that they want. And how do we know this? Well, we know that this, these are documents that the FBI wants back because they are very politically damaging to the reputation of the FBI. They don't want people to know that they instituted a surveillance operation of a presidential candidate based on absolute nonsense, based on the fact that they felt like it because they wanted to, because it was deliberate and it was political. That's number one. Number two, what do we see in this document in the affidavit? The most important takeaway for me, and I don't think anyone else has even talked about this yet, was at the very beginning of this, there's a litany of the types of classified information they expect to find at Mar-a-Lago. They talk about SCI, they talk about secret and top secret, they talk about SI, they talk about HES, they talk about ORCOM, they talk about no form. They talk about FISA. So it says there that they expected to find FISA-derived intelligence at Mar-a-Lago. They also expected to find HCS-derived intelligence or HCS-classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. What does HCS stand for? Human Control Systems or Human Intelligence Control Systems. HCS, that's, that's your spy stuff. That's when you're using human sources. Clandestine human sources. Hmm. Clandestine human sources. Does that sound a little bit familiar to anyone? Exactly. The exact same types of operations they were running against the Trump campaign. It also mentions FISA. We know that the FISA investigation was used on President Trump. So if he has those documents, these are the exact classification markings that you would want to see on them. FISA and HCS. And that's exactly what the affidavit says that they're after. Now, the president has all sorts of classified information, but I want to call your attention to the fact that when the FBI went to the judge for this affidavit, for his rubber stamp on all of this, what did they talk about? FISA and HCS. Do not forget those classification markings. You can go and look them up for yourselves. The markings, of course, are available publicly. You're not going to see the information. But understand, we are now in the midst of a preemptive coup that's underway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday, and that means I'm going to tell you once again about how much I can't wait for my weekend with Tanya Tay, the boys, and our Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers sells 100% American meat and delivers it to your door for a great price. Good Ranchers helps solve your meat issues. You just shop at Good Ranchers for all your beef, chicken, and seafood needs. There, signature steak burgers, Wagyu burgers, ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, so much more. The beef is prime and upper choice. Use pre-trimmed and pre-marinated chicken breasts. They're so delicious. They're easy to prepare. I love them. They're even better than organic. You have steakhouse quality in your own home with Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers takes the guesswork out of the meat aisle, your grocery shopping. You don't have to worry about it. It's right in your fridge. It's right there. And by the way, one, some of the best parts of this, their animals are ethically raised, sustainably sourced, and they are Christ followers and genuine Americans. Remember, when you go to GoodRanchers.com, slash poso you get free express express shipping with promo code poso so goodranchers.com slash poso remember good ranchers american meat delivered link in the description
Kyle Rittenhouse. It's been two years since the events of that fateful night in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's been about eight months, no, I think uh, maybe nine months, since Human Events Daily, this program, released that video, which received millions and millions of views. What you're watching there, for those of you guys watching, for those of you listening, you're not seeing the video, that's the actual overhead footage from the secret FBI spy plane that was overhead in Kenosha, Wisconsin, during these riots. This was night three, by the way, of these riots. And I guarantee you, they had classified systems on that plane. They had classified surveillance systems. They weren't just conducting imagery intelligence. They were going after cell phones. I guarantee you beyond a shadow of a doubt that they have the cell phone information of everybody in that mob, everyone in that crowd, everyone down there who was using a cell phone that night. But the FBI sat on that video. The FBI, by the way, has never released that video. I did. Here on Human Events Daily, in the midst of the trial, it was then able to be submitted as evidence for Kyle Rittenhouse. This wasn't some cell phone video. This wasn't from one of the, the intrepid, by the way, and courageous riot journalists. No, no, no. This was a government video that was filmed overhead shows the entire layout of things. There's, it gives you the full context. There's nothing that, there's nothing you need to even, um, to understand. The audio is put on, but you can see everything. You can see Kyle fleeing. You can see the shot that's fired at him from behind his back. And so this newsweek.com piece comes out today and it says Kyle Rittenhouse is no hero. It then attacks Kyle Rittenhouse for his actions. It calls the people who tried to kill Kyle victims. It calls the rioters protesters. And it then attacks Turning Point USA. It doesn't call me out by name, but it says the people at Turning Point USA who hosted Kyle Rittenhouse on stage later that year, about a month later. So I was one of the people on that stage. And yes, I was one of the people who came up with the idea to do a panel with Kyle Rittenhouse and to bring together some of the riot journalists and discuss what went on. And they said, why are you celebrating Kyle Rittenhouse? I'll tell you why. Because Kyle Rittenhouse, is he a hero? Yes or no? That's not the right question. The right question is, is Kyle Rittenhouse a victim? Yes, Kyle Rittenhouse was a victim. He was a victim of a system that allowed this town to be burned for three nights in a row without anyone doing anything. He was a victim of a system that demonized him with President Biden himself calling him out and lying about him by name, the media lying about him. And then, of course, he was a victim of a murderous mob that was going to run him down. So, yes, when someone is a victim but refuses to accept their victimhood status and rises to the level of victor, as Kyle Rittenhouse did, I absolutely would celebrate that and i would host him again at another event because that's what we do we celebrate victory in this country 
And to anybody who wants to look at this situation, understand that Newsweek piece leaves out so much. It leaves out all the context. It leaves out the context of the fact that he was attacked. It leaves out the context of the fact that a shot went off. It leaves out the fact that they were trying to kill him. Kyle Rittenhouse survived Kenosha, not the other way around. Members of this committee have accused me of providing false information when I responded to questions about the IRS processing of applications for tax exemption. I have not done anything wrong. I have not broken any laws. I have not violated any IRS rules or regulations, and I have not provided false information to this or any other congressional committee. And while I would very much like to answer the committee's questions today, I've been advised by my counsel to assert my constitutional right not to testify or answer questions related to the subject matter of this hearing. Well, Lois Lerner, a new piece is up at thepostmillennial.com. For you guys, you don't maybe potentially remember who Lois Lerner was or, or you weren't paying attention to politics back when this all went down. Lois Lerner was the head of the IRS's um, office for tax exemption all the way back during the Tea Party on the Obama administration. What did she do? She specifically targeted Tea Party groups. She went after them knowing that she was doing so for political purposes. Well, guess what? Thanks to the reporting of the Post Millennial and a thread written by Gabe Hoffman, originally on Twitter, it states that Lois Lerner's accomplice, someone who was her accomplice back in those days, who participated in those meetings and in those emails, by the name of Nicole Flax, has now been selected to reportedly head the centralized office of the IRS with the majority of the new 87,000 IRS agents and implement new provisions of the tax and spending bill signed by President Joe Biden last week. Nicole Flax, by the way, she's the same one. You might remember her. She said that when they went back for her emails with correspondence that they asked for her targeting of these organizations, she said that her computer crashed, that she couldn't find them. She was so upset she didn't know what happened to those emails. That's the person who's now going to be in charge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the person who's now going to be in charge of the 87,000 agents that are being primed up at the IRS. And an email message sent on August 19th to all IRS employees obtained by the Daily Signal, IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick wrote, This is a historic time for the IRS. And we are working to move quickly to begin work on the Inflation Reduction Act signed into law earlier this week. A key part of our efforts will be the creation of a new centralized office for implementation of all IRS-related provisions. Building off of our successes implementing other major legislative bills, the IRA 2022 Transformation and Implementation Office will work across the IRS and oversee our implementation efforts. That bill, of course, is the same bill that provides $80 billion to the IRS, much of which will be used to pay for the new 87,000 agents. Nicole Flax, she didn't leave, by the way, in the midst of the lowest learner controversy. No, 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 no. She was made the deputy commissioner in charge of the large business and international division. And what does it say? 
it says that she has been selected to now run this centralized IRS office. Because as we know, there's nothing better for government power than centralized authority. That's really what makes it better, right? That's what makes everything better. That's what makes everything fit better. That's what makes our lives so much better. We understand what's going on here. It's very, very clear. The reason they demonize the local police so much is because the left in this country wants there to be a nationalized police force. They're already hiring them at the IRS. They want a police force that is a central authority. They're giving away the game here. They want a police force that's going to be a centralized authority, not in your town, not under your sheriff, not under your mayor, not under your city council. No, 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 no. They want it to be a centralized police force under the U.S. government, under the president of the United States directly. They want to take that out of the hands of the community, take it out of the hands of the city, and put it in Washington, D.C., this is about the centralization of power. By the way, we've seen this over the last 10 years, the program and the agenda that's been run against the police. Don't think that we don't understand it. Because it's very simple. This is how the CCP operates. This is their model. You're trying to implement it here in the United States. And we caught you. Moderna uh, has filed patent infringement lawsuits against both Pfizer and its partner, uh, in its vaccine, BioNTech, in the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts, as well as in Germany. Moderna believes Pfizer and BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine infringes patents Moderna filed between 2010 and 2016. In place here was things that Stefan Benzo, is a frequent guest of CBC, uh, had created between 2010 and 2016, and out of nowhere, perhaps, uh, BioNTech had the same technology. They are not asking for an injunction. They are hoping perhaps maybe to get a chunk of money when Pfizer continues, if they do, to abuse or use the technology that mRNA... That, these things uh, MRNA can take that, a very long time to wind through the courts if they even get there. Well, 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 trouble in paradise. The vaccine overlords are fighting. Uh-oh, mommy and daddy are upset. So Moderna, CNBC's got the article, Moderna alleging Pfizer and its German partner, BioNTech, copied the technology early in the pandemic. Moderna said that it would not enforce its COVID-19 patents. However, in March this year, Moderna said that it expects companies to respect its intellectual property rights. Patent litigation is not uncommon in the early stages of new technology. So look, you have a situation here, right? And we got to get, uh, got to get Dr. Malone on the, in terms of all of this, because as we know, doc, vaccine, mRNA, mRNA vaccines were essentially invented by Dr. Malone. I know there's people out there that say, oh, Dr. Malone, he only played a part in it. And he wasn't the main inventor. And of course, his Wikipedia has been totally scrubbed to take out all of his contributions to the technology. But look, at the end of the day, we know what's going on here. We know that it looks like this technology was invented. It was patented first, and then it was used. It was used by BioNTech, and of course, eventually it was used by Pfizer. This is, it's ridiculous. I mean, what, what an amazing business to be in, right? Wouldn't it be awesome? I remember I, I said um, the first time we had the vaccine mandates, wouldn't it be amazing if we could mandate that everyone in the country have to download human events daily? We'd get 350 million downloads every day. That'd be great. It'd be awesome for me. Just do it by fiat. But Pfizer, guess what? They got everyone to mandate this. 
Moderna got everyone to mandate this, but everybody wanted Pfizer. Everybody said Pfizer's a good one, Johnson Johnson bad one, Moderna's whatever. Moderna wants their pound of flesh on this. They want to go over to Pfizer and say, look, we know you're the big dogs. You know, we get that big marketing budget. We want a chunk of this and we're going to prove that you stole our proprietary technology. Now that very well be true. And okay, you, you know, did it through Germany, third party company, third party country. Of course, by the way, a lot of these precursors, it all, this stuff goes on in China all the time. You want to talk about IP theft? This is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about China and the pharmaceutical precursors that are being made there. They're being stolen, but they're not being sold, by the way, and stolen by other Western countries. No, no, no. They're being stolen by Chinese companies. And it's not just pharmaceuticals that this is involved in. It's, it's so many other technologies, pretty much any technology that you talk. I, I'm, I'm so, by the way, uh, surprised that we have yet to see the Chinese Tesla come out yet because you know the CCP has stolen all of Elon Musk's proprietary technology. So they're going to have Tesla and they're probably going to go through those systems and see if, if those systems talk to the SpaceX systems, guess what? You're going to see a Chinese version. I think they already have this, actually. I'll have to check the producers, see if they can check that out. They already have a Chinese version of SpaceX. So understand, vaccine overlords very, very upset that they didn't get more of their billions and billions of dollars. And that's all the time we have for today and for this week, closing out a full week here, Human Events Daily. Remember, of course, our email, liberty at tpusa.com. And as always, our, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one just one of your normie friends and then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? The affidavit is out. It's an implosion, though, because they were after the Russiagate docs. They didn't actually find any probable cause. Next, Newsweek piece attacking Kyle Rittenhouse and attacking Turning Point USA calls himself uh, you know, the main character, the main hero of the whole situation. I don't think so. Third, Lois Lerner, her accomplice, has been selected to run the new IRS centralized office for the 87,000 agents. And finally, Moderna suing Pfizer and BioNTech for patent infringement over the mRNA injections. Ton of news today, so much going on, but I have to remind you guys that it's been one year. So today's history break, it's only one year ago. But on this day, last year, 2021, there were two bomb blasts at the Kabul airport in Afghanistan. And they killed at least 60 people, including 13 U.S. soldiers, amid efforts to evacuate citizens out of the country. That was a tough day. That was a tough day as an American. That was a tough day as a veteran. To see our honored dead on the tarmac, Dover Air Force Base, and Joe Biden checking his watch. Was that man acting like a president that day? I don't think so. I don't think he acts like a president, frankly, at all. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.